0: Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Wilmack, joined by Rob Cassidy from lovely Miami, Florida. Rob, how's it going? It's okay. I've got a little
1: bit of a stuffy nose. So if I sound even more sound like even more of a nasally dweeb this week, it's that's why.
0: Yeah, we're both pretty nasally. I never was nasally like this until I moved to the south. Uh I don't know, ragweed. <laughs> Allergy. You know, this may shock you, Rob, but I spent most of my life uh telling people that had allergies that it was all in their in their head wow uh, that's
1: yeah that's that's a very womack thing
0: yeah so uh guess what i got allergies now allegedly according to the fake news doctors but uh, i just take my medicine and i'm fine the key to having allergies take your medicine every day not only when you have symptoms rob
1: i didn't know i had it's allergies until right now in fact i think they're just something that you made up in your head
0: the tip of the day. It uh, looks like you're a little low on your levels there. So just uh, based on the little charticle here, uh, we, we want to welcome everybody back. Rob and I, of course, had the episode last week. We had to make some cuts. That's why it took us so long to get it out. We talked on and on about DJ Durkin uh, and how he should have been fired. And then by the time it was time to release the podcast, he did get fired. So we had to do uh, all types of cuts around that. And then by the time we uh, got our backup producer, Dave Barry, and uh we we ended up having to put it out late. So we apologize for that. We want to remind everyone, please leave us a review. Do not hold Dave Lackford's long pause of silence against us from Sunday's show. What happened? I told Dave I told Dave I had to go to the I go, I gotta go to the bathroom. You know, I typed it on here on the screen. Can you just talk for a one minute? And he made it about 15 seconds and then just sat there and signed complete silence. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, if anybody listens to the show a lot, I bet they got a kick out of that. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Well, it's and pretty then good. I That's high-level Lackford, Lackford
0: tomfoolery. Right, and then I come back and say, he's like, I couldn't do it. I was like, well, I'm leaving it in, so forget it. So if you actually, if you look at the chart on SoundCloud, even there's just a gap of like no audio activity <laughs> during that time. I just... <laughs> He couldn't, make it, well, he couldn't make it one minute while I walked to the other room to go to the bathroom. So uh, we apologize it really for that. Really the makes whole, it
1: really thing. makes you appreciate Jim Rome, huh? Right,
0: exactly. Well, you know, Rome does those long pauses sometimes. He might actually have time to go to the bathroom before he like crumples up some papers or whatever. <laughs> uh, so we, we wanted to get into the games last week. Rob, you went two and four. Rough week for you last week.
1: Yeah, I, you know, everybody's. I was due, you know, that, that I could not keep up that pace all year. I'm sorry if you lost your house listening to my advice.
0: Well, guess what? I went five and one on the air. And, and Rob, you can attest I did very well off the air as well in the picks I sent you uh, for the day. So maybe I'm hitting a hot streak. I doubt that, but we will see. <laughs> So on the season, Rob is 18 and eight and I am 28 and 23, a full five games above 500. So uh, let's get into the picks for this week's games only. It's really a- When do we get to quit
1: our jobs and become touts and sell our picks?
0: I don't know, dude. They still do that? Can you have like a 1-800 number? No, you have like a paywall website. What year is it? Come on. I was told that there was an uh, app where they just hire whoever people get laid off and have make them gambling experts. <laughs> Is
1: that true? I have, <laughs> I have been told the same thing.
0: So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, an app and a website that I look at all the time, despite knowing that the people uh, are just jabronis who needed a place to write. So uh, big shout to all of them. Uh, cause I guess what? I'm a, I'm a loyal customer. Uh, so let's jump into the games. It's a week slate this week. There's not a whole lot of interesting matchups. I went ahead and picked five. We had nowhere near five. Uh, I think there's like two matchups featuring top 25 teams going against one another. So that of course means there's going to be all types of chaos and upsets, but, uh, let's go first. Mississippi state at Alabama. When I wrote this on the sheet, Mississippi state, 24 and a half point underdog, they do have a good defense. I think they uh, their offense is probably lacking a little one dimensional. Even though Nick Fitzgerald's been able to pass, I think uh, we're probably both on the same page. We never bet against Alabama, so Alabama, right, Rob? And Rob, I can't hear you. You are muted. Your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and
1: you know, I had a brief Lackford moment there. I was sitting here talking about you know last week and us talking
0: about Alabama, but yeah, no, you had it right. I am not betting against Alabama ever again. Okay, Clemson got 20-point favorites going on the road to Boston College. Clemson has covered some impressive lines over the past two or three weeks, including the 40-point spread against Louisville. Everybody's playing. They're scoring 70 points. This is kind of strikes me as a as a game to be worried about. I do think A.J. Dillon is still banged up for Boston College. I think he's supposed to play, but uh, Says he's questionable, questionable right here. So I don't, you know, I don't know what that means as yeah, far as
1: college football goes, but.
0: I mean it's 50-50, right?
1: I thought yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's what it means in the NFL, but uh, you know, I'm just basing this up of what my college fantasy football lineup says, so it's not I'm just as questionable.
0: Well, I'm going to that's a lot of points on the road, but guess what? Just much like you don't bet against Alabama, you don't bet against the greatest football player of all time. So, I'm taking Clemson. What do you think, Rob? Uh, give me the Eagles. I think Dylan will play. And this, you know, let the
1: record show that I continue to bet against Clemson and continue to lose. Uh, you know, I think Dylan will play, and I think the Eagles are a scrappy bunch. I don't think they'll win out, right? But you know, I think this is too many points.
0: All right, um, Oregon going on the road to Utah. Oregon was a is a three point underdog. I might have to check this again because it seemed pretty weird that uh, that Oregon was an underdog. Considering what happened with Tyler Huntley getting knocked out, it is really hard to go play in Utah. I think that that's one of the sneakiest, like home field advantages. And even when they're not good, they have a very good team this year. Uh, Yeah, Utah minus three, line staying there. Both teams are three and three. Uh, Oregon's offense has been pretty lackluster. (laughs) They got Justin Herbert, who's awesome. They have Dylan Mitch, who's awesome, but they insist on you know, pounding the ball and they, they kind of reminds me of Alabama, like in 2012, or it's just like, if they matched up against the wrong team, it ended up being a low scoring game. But I think Oregon essentially getting six points uh, because of the three, you know, the, Oh wait, no, not six points. It's essentially even, right. You get three points for home. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take Oregon in the points, I, I think it's, it could be a close game. It might be low scoring. I just – I don't know. I, I like Oregon. They won there a couple of years ago. I think when Herbert was a true freshman, I think they do it again.
1: Oregon has covered the spread exactly three times this year. Give
0: me the years. Well, there's been some <laughs> – that's, that's all. I don't have any other explanation. There's been some crazy spread though. their games. I mean, some of the games where they were favored and you're like, that's a lot of points. And Would some you like to guess like, who the
1: best team in the country is against the spread and who the worst team in the country is against the spread this year? Uh, the there best – Three teams tied for worst. And one, two, three, four, five teams tied for first.
0: I'm going to say that Alabama is the best. Yes or no? no? They're six and three. There are
1: one, two, three, four, four teams that are eight and one, and one team that is eight and
0: two. Okay. Give me at least give me a hint. Uh, All of them, except for
1: one, are from a group of five conferences, and the one is from the Pac 12.
0: Okay, uh, Washington State. They are. They are tied for first. Okay, and then I'm going to say uh, Utah State. They are also tied for first. Okay, and Houston? Houston? Nope, Buffalo and
1: UAB. The uh, Blazers, 8-1 <laughs> against the spread with a football team that just took a year off.
0: And and the one game that Buffalo uh, did not cover, I think the game they lost was the one that I was touting them as the lock of the week. So, would you like to guess <laughs> the one team that is one and eight against the spread this year? I think you can get this. Uh,
1: Kansas? No, 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 no. Probably worse than Kansas. I, I think they are uh, uh, in the uh, ACC. Oh, not
0: Rutgers? No, it is Louisville. One and oh. eight against the spread. <laughs> I mean
1: <laughs> that is tough sledding
0: that is bad we we but we've been telling you we've been telling you since july that louisville is going to be bad uh okay so let's move on to the other games texas uh, one and a half point uh favorite at texas tech guess what uh, alan but Bo- i don't know what's up with alan bowman i know he's out of the hospital i don't know if that means he can play if he plays i think it's a no-brainer to take texas tech if he doesn't who knows? But guess what? I'm taking the Red Raiders anyway. I'm with you, Womack. Mac. We're on the same page. I'm
1: taking them. Texas three and five against the spread. They haven't looked great recently. Uh, I'm, give me, give me the Red Raiders.
0: And last but not least, this one I threw in here because it was fun. Michigan minus forty at Rutgers. Harbaugh <laughs> is the kind of guy that would run a run a score up, isn't he? Well, here's why I think they cover. This is insane to pick. I should not pick against a forty-point spread.
1: But- I've been on a thirty-point spread between two college basketball teams. I can't name a player on last night. So <laughs> hey, you're doing
0: better than me. I won though. Michigan does a ton of recruiting in New Jersey. Jabril Peppers, uh, Rashawn Gary, a lot of guys like that. They came from New Jersey to Michigan. I think you got a lot of dudes who are going home to play in front of their friends and family. This is a game that they want to. They want to win. They want to make sure a lot of guys play. Uh, our boy Archer Sitkowski has actually been somewhat decent, and it's weird to say. Uh, let me check. Rutgers is in the Big Ten, right? Yes, they <laughs> in are. Conference Rutgers there. and Maryland yeah.
1: continue to confuse me. I forget right. constantly that they're over there.
0: Well, you had to get to, they had to get to New York market. You know, I mean, New York's yeah. team. I remember,
1: <laughs> The New York City really tuning into the Rutgers football games.
0: I remember you growing, seeing the pictures of you as a kid, and. Uh, in your Rutgers pajama, footy pajamas. Mm, no. <laughs> Let's see. For whatever Arthurs. reason, I
1: wanted to go to Florida State when I was a kid. I don't know why that is.
0: Oh, really? Well, there you go. Lo and behold, I like when I was a kid, I liked Duke and North Carolina. Um oh, my dog oh, barking I can hear down.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, he's fired up. We're we gonna get a lot of deliveries. So Sitkowski completing 49.8% of his passes with four touchdowns and 15 interceptions. <laughs> that checks out. Yes, that's. Uh, but this past week he did. And I think like that you 20, said somewhat, somewhat decent.
1: <laughs> Which tells everybody what you think of Statowski. Here's
0: what. Here's what he did last week. He was twenty of thirty nine for two sixty one and a touchdown. No interceptions. And he ran for nine yards. So that was, his pro- that was his best game of the year, his QBR 50.6, which Lackford always talks about. I'm like, Lackford, what is that on a scale of? What does that even mean? Well,
1: you can't bet against the hot hand, right? I'll take the Scarlet Knights, man. Give me the Scarlet Knights <laughs> and the points.
0: <laughs> oh Man, I remember we had, you inherited uh, Sitkowski's high ranking. And uh, needless to say, uh, he did not uh, maintain that through the end, right? No, it, it vanished. Did I inherit that or
1: did I, was I responsible for that?
0: No, no, you inherited it because he moved from oh, that's here, right. up there in that neck of the woods. Um, so, all right, let's get into the topics. Uh, all, and it's sort of a weird week. Let's start with Kansas. Kansas, uh, shortly after last week's game, announces that they're firing David Beatty, but he's going to finish the season. You and I have kind of – We've paid a little bit closer attention to Kansas this year. Obviously, you have friends who who went there, who follow the program, uh, given your ties to the state. I was paying close attention because I sort of went on a limb, ranking a few guys really high that went there from Louisiana, including Puka Williams, who I I told everyone to pick up in their college fantasy. And if they did, I think they've been reaping the benefits. They've actually looked pretty good. And here's my point to you, Rob. If they didn't lose week one to Nichols, state in a game they should have easily won the game that I think Puka didn't even play in that game I think if he plays they win instead of being three and six they're four and five and I I don't think you could fire him I mean he just beat TCU they've won power five games but I think they've decided that hey look we're not the worst of the worst anymore we actually have somewhat of talent on this roster we've we've covered up from the disaster of like lack of scholarships the juco experiment that failed miserably so maybe they think hey let's strike while the iron's hot maybe we can get someone to come here because it's not a complete disaster i feel bad for baby i think you know like i said if he wins that game I think he still has the job but they clearly had been wanting to move on a new ad you and i both have the same reaction rob but uh, you know what i guess kind of give the people your opinion on, on how you out. Yeah,
1: no, I don't have a lot to say that you didn't already cover. I mean, they are notably better than they were, but at the same time, if they think they can get less miles in there and it seems to be that they think that, uh, then I think you make the move. I know that everybody's seems to want to poo poo this perspective higher with less miles, but I don't understand how, if you're Kansas, what's the bar, you know, you have a chance to get a guy that won a national championship, uh, that has extreme ties to Louisiana where you're recruiting. Yes, he's old, Yes, he's been out of the game for a couple of years. But but (laughs) what? Who do they want? Like, I mean, it's not the program isn't a complete disaster like it was, but it's still not an attractive job. If you get a chance to get a guy that won a national title, who who is this you know slam dunk hires that's out there that everybody thinks they should pass on less miles if they can get them and hire.
0: Well, and it's it's this is being the, the less miles like thing is being sort of perpetuated by some national college football writers I've seen on Twitter, and I've even seen some articles like don't hire less miles. It's like okay, in in theory, if you're Kansas, you'd want to sure. Would you want to hire Scott Frost or somebody? Yeah, of yeah. course you would. Less miles
1: would be a bad hire for Texas, or right. even for like Kansas State or a team that's has you know some recent history of being good uh it's
0: it's a good hire for Kansas here here's the, he's not a recruiter here's why I think it would be a great idea now this is we saw we've seen old coaches old like him like George O'Leary whoever else you want to name go to these places that are disasters and build the program up people forget Les miles had success in the big twelve at Oklahoma State before he went to LSU he won a national championship at LSU now. Is he gonna? Is he gonna take Kansas to the Orange Bowl? Probably not. But if if he could do what, you know, even uh, Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky and get to the point where they're going to a bowl game every year, I mean, what? Why wouldn't you take it? I, I don't understand. Like, I don't get the. I'm not a Les Miles defender. I'm not obsessed with him. I just think we've taken this whole he eats grass and does weird things and turned it into he sucked as a coach, which. Is not true, and was something you and I talked about just in our normal day-to-day conversation. As you mentioned, you said, you know, he was he was done in by the fact that him and Nick Saban were in the same division, and and you said this. You said your your analysis was, if you put Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in the same division, one of them would lose every year and, and get then fired. <laughs> <laughs> So if they hire less Miles, I think it's a great move. And and to the point now, I think it was reported today where they're already in talks. I think it's going to happen. And I think uh, you and I might have to get to work uh, writing some stuff ahead of time because I think it's going to – guess what? Like you said, they can keep the connection to Louisiana – the, this only helps it because now instead of the, you know you you have Tony Hall who's the the recruiter who has the ties to New Orleans who's gone in there and got Puka Williams got it, Corey Young kids Harris. from down
1: there still know who Les Miles is
0: you know it's not like they've forgotten over the last four years that's what I'm saying he has personally in my opinion I think he has better relationships with the coaches in New Orleans than Ed Orgeron does so I think if he goes in there he keeps that staff. In place, he can go down there and recruit. He can recruit Texas, and he can get guys. I I wouldn't be surprised to see you know some transfers come in. I just heard this. I I hate the talking point of he hasn't been recruiting in two years. Nobody knows who he is.
1: I mean, if you really want to, part of it anyway is that people around the Kansas program have Charlie Weiss PTSD. And it's not the same at all. Like, it's not even close to the same ballpark as hiring Charlie Weiss. But because uh, of the similarities of, you know, the name recognition and, you know, not recruiting, they just assume that Les Miles is Charlie Weiss, which I think is, you know, a complete and terrible misnomer.
0: Yeah, and and so I would like to know what Kansas fans think. I've been over there on the message board on Jayhawk Slant, which is our Kansas site. They got a lot of good cover. They've been on top of, you know, someone's on top of a story. Rob, of course, when. The firing gets announced, and they've got like five pieces of content ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that that tells you that they knew what was going to happen, and they they were prepared, and so that means they're dialed into the situation. So, as a as a person who observes sports, I always pay close attention to that. Um, So, I think they like him. I saw some other names, Dave Dave Doran, which I thought was you know a pie in the sky situation. They can they can get him. If you get Miles, I say you take it. And guess what? If it if it doesn't work out, okay, what's the worst that happens? You've already you've already been like winless, winning one game here and there for years. That
1: Miles is not going over 12. I, I I would stake my
0: job on that.
1: That he never right. goes over 12.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. It's just weird. It's like the old, the time management stuff, the eating the grass, all that has turned, turned him into a caricature. You know, he wants to be an actor, whatever he's been doing, he's been messing around. He wants to be back to coaching. I think if he if he is a coach, I think he brings in a pretty decent staff and they're gonna be able to recruit. Let's keep in mind Kansas does have, you know, they do fine in basketball, their basketball school. How happy would Kansas
1: be, real quick? How happy would the fans be and the media be and everybody be if Kansas was good enough to where we could worry about their clock management? Like that was what we were talking about. Was Kansas's
0: bad clock (laughs) (laughs) management?
1: I mean, that means you're in some games.
0: Right. They would be thrilled. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of big three, Rob. We've talked about Florida state being a mess. We talked about Miami being a mess Uh, now, Florida, they lose last week and Dan Mullen comes out after the game. And, you know, he, he talked a lot about the competitive, he got into the old, you know, toxic culture, a bunch of quitters Mm -hmm. type mentality. Um, and I think he's taken a lot of heat for the handling of the quarterback situation. He's stuck by Felipe Franks on and on and on. Uh, and then th- finally they play Kyle Trask this past week, and it looks like he's going to start. And then he breaks his foot in practice and is out for the year. So you and I uh, spoke a lot about how Miami was in prime position to take advantage of Florida and Florida State being bad, especially in recruiting. But now they're all three bad. So how does this affect, I guess, kind of the landscape there in Florida from your perspective? Because it doesn't seem like Florida is recruiting that well, especially down in South Florida. Florida State's not recruiting that well. If, in Miami Miami's a disaster by the, if you judge by the way their fan base is talking. So kind of what's your, what's your overall t- take of the temperature down there?
1: I think Florida State's going to be fine in this class. Uh, I don't <laughs> – I mean, I don't know if they'll be as good as they were. I don't really know what's going on down here. Everybody seems to be, you know, upset at Mark Richt, and I think that's a little bit exaggerated. Uh, I think people just got too high on Florida because of the LSU win. I don't think they were ever that good, and now everybody's kind of got their expectations up, and now they're crushed. They came off that LSU win, and you know, they didn't crush a relatively average Vanderbilt team, which should have been, you know, kind of a tip that maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were. And, um, you know, I just, and I just think it's a down year. I don't think there's any one thing causing it. I don't think that it's going to cause recruits to flee the state in giant numbers uh, any more than they are right now. I think that, you know, it's a big picture in recruiting. We talk about this all the time. I think people get caught up in one season or, you know, one game. But what really matters is that. They have some coaching stability, all three of these programs. They're not nobody's in danger of being fired down here. Uh, it's not like that's gonna scare recruits off. And you know, these these kids, you know, all things equal, they want to stay in state. So I mean, I don't think I don't think it's gonna have a giant
0: impact. Here's who I think it does benefit. The, we've seen Clemson? Alabama. Yeah. Well no, Clemson, Alabama, Florida, name who you want. Or not Florida, Georgia, excuse me. They go down there, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley. Amari Cooper. Well, they get a kid or two, or like you're saying, every year, even when one of the schools is good. I mean, Florida State was good when they were getting those guys. Right, but I just think it uh we look at the DBs, Kair Elam, uh who's the other guy you just wrote the story on? Tyreek Stevenson. Ah yeah, Tyreek Stevenson. So do you don't you think that if Florida was 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 ten and two That Tyreek's going to end up going there or Elam's going to end up going there as opposed to – Elam, yes.
1: Florida has not really tried to recruit down here in South Florida. They just decided that they're not going to do it. Uh, and If they are, they're doing it late now. I mean they've gotten in with some guys in 2020 and some committed guys in 2019, but they got a real late start in Miami. So I don't think even if they were good, they would have gotten Tyreek. I think Kyrie Elam wanted to be there. Yeah, I think there are some other guys Uh, That wanted to be there. Keep in mind that, you know, Stevenson was committed there to the old staff, and then they just didn't recruit him like that when they came back. So was Frank Ladson, who is now committed to Clemson. Uh, So the coaching turnover, I think Dan Mullen got a late start in this part of the state, for whatever reason, you know, I'm
0: not privy to those reasons. uh, And I think it hurt him yeah I think they really i think they need to get someone on staff I think though they, they have don't they have Larry Scott and I guess they have Larry Scott who's supposed to be you know a Florida guy but I think his his situation is more orlando area they need to find a guy go go hire whoever I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head who who knows the area down there i I can't necessarily you've got to find someone who has ties to that to that area they had uh they had Juwan Sider. Yeah, now he's
1: at Penn State and he's recruiting all down here. I mean, they got Dunmore, they got John Dunmore, who's a highly rated wide receiver,
0: who was also once committed to Florida to go to go to Penn State. Yeah, and it's all because it's all because they don't necessarily have that guy in my mind, at least the the player that you hear. And as as it's reporters, amazing they had
1: all those guys, you know. Say what you want about McIlwain. Uh, and obviously, you know, I think Dan Mullen's a better coach. It's, you know, it's definitely an upgrade for them, but if they would have kept that McIlwain recruiting class and somehow been able to hire Dan Mullen, it really would have been something.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're watching that Dan Mullen. He gave the rant. I'm, I'm trying to find, do you want to, you didn't hear it. I don't, there's a few, there's a few A words in there. I don't know if we can, uh, if we could play it on the podcast, but we have been trying to have an audio clip every week. So, you know what, let, let me, let's find it. Let's do it. I I thought it was funny. You, you should get a laugh out of it because, uh, it really made me laugh. <laughs> His face is just, he's just like so animated. All right. You ready, Rob? Sure. Am.
1: I play for each other, play for the Gators, play for a team. I'd be really disappointed. If people don't want to play for themselves. I mean, you, you, you mean they keep score. Someone wins and someone loses. Okay. I don't care what we're doing. If you want to thumb wrestle me right now? I'm going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? If you want to come on up, I got you. All right. You want to go run stadiums? I'll kick your ass. You're gonna keep scoring. Someone's gonna win and someone's gonna lose. I want to beat your ass. If we don't have that attitude in the locker room, you got a problem, I mean, What, 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 are, what, are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you think? Are you good at thumb I wrestling? Possum, I was just gonna say I would. I would kick his ass in thumb wrestling. There's no doubt about it. The key is this: is to play possum, right? And to let somebody think they have you. And then when they go in for the pin, you they've already put their own thumb down, and then you pin them down. That's the key. That's that's the the A one thumb wrestling strategy. It's almost undefeated. Do you remember like one,
0: two, three, four? I declare a thumb war. Did yeah, i immediately
1: yeah, and then I'll immediately play possum. I will put my thumb down. <laughs> and when you come in to try to pin my thumb, I've got you where I want you. Uh, okay, I'm
0: not good at thumb wrestling. It's not one of my but things. Now you but... are. I just gave you the secret. Well, I don't know if it's a, a quick. I don't have the quick twitch uh, reflexes or whatever. But uh... your hips are not loose enough. Your thumb hips. I sort of like this approach as opposed, as opposed to what we talked about with Taggart and Pruitt over the last few weeks of of I'm going to replace the guys, you know, like uh, he didn't go as that far, but it's clear he's fired up about, you know, the the competitive nature and I think it's easy to it's easy for these coaches to get frustrated because of the player dynamics have changed just in the last decade. The attitudes of the players have changed so much. Uh, and you could say, "Oh, it's everybody gets a trophy." Millennials, whatever you want, but the bottom line is, the kids do care about the kids do care about their stats more than they used to. Uh, pub- publicly, the kids care about, hey, I don't want to get embarrassed on social media. I don't want to make a bad play. I don't want to do this, and they tend to shut down easier. That's just how it is. You and I have seen it even in the 6 years we've been doing this where kids get so mad kids kids get so mad about their ranking when they're sophomores that they may never talk to you again but, uh, over the rest of their career. Yeah, and I understand some of it. Like I understand worrying more about your stats because like the goal you're playing for free.
1: And the goal here isn't to play for free. Everybody's goal is to go get paid. So that part I get. Uh, I don't Everything else, you know, who knows what the reason is behind that, but I understand caring about my stats, whether it be publicly or privately, because if I'm playing college football for free uh, and probably getting CTE because of it, I'm, I'm trying to get paid. (laughs)
0: okay, <laughs> all right, moving on uh let's talk about the situation we have at louisville It's looking more and more like they're going to fire Bobby Petrino, and of course, we always tell Lackford he can't talk about Louisville, and he's not on to talk about it when we finally actually do want to talk about it. The situation's a disaster you mentioned earlier they can't cover the spread. I <laughs> yeah, saw a tweet you can't the other- cover the spread in this world. What are you really exactly i I saw a tweet the other day that said... Uh, I think it was from Mark Ennis that said 20 players have put in for their transfer are in that, that transfer database, (laughs) which is a huge amount from the team. We've seen some high profile guys leave already, including their quarterback, uh, Jordan Travis, who is viewed by many to be like, you know, the eventual successor there he's leaving. Uh, He's from down in Florida. Some people think he might land at UCF. Um, We saw uh russ yeast who is a famous kentucky legacy his dad was like a star at kentucky and he chose louisville and it was like a huge deal at the time he's he started last year as a freshman he's gone so louisville's a disaster all signs point to them firing Bobby petrino even though it's going to be a big buyout his buyout actually goes up next year so it's like they're going to have to to rip the band-aid off my question Robin, and this is this is what everyone's going to be talking about should Jeff Braum leave Purdue to go back to his alma mater? Of course, Bobby Petrino is his, his guy. He followed him uh, at Western Kentucky before going to Purdue. I think he was on the staff there. But he played at Louisville. He's a Louisville guy. They're recruiting like crazy in the state. I think by, uh, they're they're about to get some big-time commitments out of the state of Kentucky. Would you leave Purdue or would you stay – uh, with the Boilermakers considering they have a really good recruiting class this year and they they seem to be you know trending up obviously i 'm staying man if i 'm him i he 's
1: one year away from getting a truly uh, being able to get a a truly comfortable probably like high level job also louisville's a disaster even beyond the football field i mean let 's not forget about the off season that happened there it's, it doesn 't seem like a real stable place it does not seem like a place i 'd want to work, especially if I was you know a rising coach that has options it 's not like nobody else wants him. I think if he coaches one more year at Purdue, he's going to have a chance to really get a much, much better job than Louisville. And I know you'll say, you know, I'm a mater, I'm a mater. But it seems like, do you love your college that much to to kind of take a risk with your career at his age? I, I mean, he's going to leave a lot of money on the table if he does that.
0: Yeah, I th- I think coaches have have gotten smarter in in recent years in terms of like, Not taking the first job that comes along. And the problem is, Purdue is not like, it's not like he's coaching at Bowling Green. They're going to go to a bowl game this year. I think they went to one last year, which surprised a lot of people. The difference is their recruiting class uh, that he's got coming in. I, I think if you were to compare with what, Louis, I mean, Louisville's lost like four commits in the past week. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I think it's <laughs> it has to go downhill because not only do you have you have no it's a classic case. That's what happened to Beatty. They only have one commit at Kansas. If you have no momentum on the field and no momentum off of it, then then what are we doing here? Uh, their class is currently ranked 23rd in the country. They got, uh, four, four star recruits committed. And I think that number is going to go up. I expect it to be five by the time a lot of people listen to this. Uh, and if you compare compare that to to Louisville, I feel like we're picking on Louisville now. Uh, (laughs) Louisville's class is 75th in the country. So you well, got to themselves. It's not like we're picking on
1: them. I mean, it is a place. <laughs> I mean, it's, been, <laughs> I guess we are kind of picking on them. It's been a rough year.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. So, what what would you, the, I mean, the, the, that's why I'm staying at Purdue. I think you get another raise out of Purdue. Uh, I, I've actually, you know, we were looking at some analytics on the internet today uh, with some of the people behind the scenes at Rivals. The Purdue fan base is highly engaged. I, I do think it's tough to say, hey, you've got a chance to go home, you got a chance to be the hero, lead Louisville back to greatness. But I still think this isn't Scott Frost going back to Nebraska because he was at UCF. You know, even you could say, okay, well, what's the difference between UCF and Purdue? Well, may uh, maybe money mostly, right? Like you're in a power five conference. Also in that division there's a chance that Purdue could become like a juggernaut and be competing with Wisconsin every year to, to win that side of the division. Yeah. Do you think you and I are just broken? Because
1: I try to put myself in these coaches positions and it's like, if my alma mater job came open and I was a coach, it would not matter to me. I'd still want just $1 more than everybody else was offering me. It doesn't matter who you
0: are. Yeah. Sadly, you and I both have that gene of like uh, who's paying me more. I I mean, I think uh, not that I guess we were sellouts, but I would not – listen, UCF has not asked me to come back and speak or do anything in 10 years. They don't acknowledge me publicly. I can't even get – I we tried to get Frost on the podcast. He wouldn't do it. We tried to get Hypo on the podcast. He wouldn't do it. Uh, you have a few more connections to your alma mater uh, in terms of notoriety or uh, knowing important people. But I would not – I mean, listen, If if – USF called and said, like you said, Hey, we're going to give you $2 more, that would be whatever they, their fake Texas hand signal is, (laughs) whatever it would be (laughs) that I would be doing that. And that's, that's just, we're heartless. I'm not, you know, there's not one piece of, I don't even have my diploma on the wall, you know, so maybe we're the wrong people to be put in this situation, especially because we cover college sports. You think we would, you know, empathize more with it, but I just think when you become a football coach and, you know, it's fine, that's where you went to school, but you, Jeff Brom doesn't owe Louisville anything. Um, not I, I'm
1: i, I you know, I'm anti-loyalty in, in the business world no matter what. I would love nothing more than to see Bill Snyder, like get pushed out the door at K-State and then go to Kansas. Right. <laughs> try to rebuild the program.
0: So I once had somebody tell me, and this person uh is now a superstar in the media landscape we're talking you know she's 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 meeting the president she, she got one president saying she should be fired <laughs> she told me when i was young and this was when she was just kind of a a, a newspaper columnist she said look no one's gonna this place is never going to be loyal to you you got to look out for yourself you need to be loyal to you you know don't be loyal to some you know giant corporation they're not going to you know they're not going to have your back when it comes down to it. And I took that advice to heart. And I, you know, I, if Jeff Brown wants to go back, I, I actually think he might do it based on what people are telling me. What a sucker. I just, don't, right. <laughs> <laughs> what a simp. No kidding. Can you imagine? It could never be me. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry. That's not us. so Purdue fans were on your side, Louisville. Hey, we're sorry. You've got to swing for the fences. Louisville has got to try to get him and they got to pull out all the stops. I, I think it's going to be tough, but if I were to say, okay, what do you got to, you got to bet, where does he, what does he do if they fire Petrino? My guess would be he ends up uh, caving and, and going back. So, all right. Last but not least, Rob, this is one right in your wheelhouse, which by the way, I think I've seen your friends at uh, Barstool Sports have kind of taken our yeah, shtick yeah, here. My my friends. Uh, yeah, you and Big Cat, I know we're always hanging out. How um, much I love that part. But it's a, that's satire, Rob. Satire. Yeah, somebody um, told me that once. I don't know. So, yeah, they they have this stick where they talk about football guy, which is very similar to your thing where you're always talking about uh, coaches who say things for other coaches. Yeah. So, so let's revisit what happened. We had a controversy this week with Will Muschamp. Okay, let's go to Matt Fortuna. Matt Fortuna at the Athletic. You know what? I'm gonna follow him on Twitter right now. He's the first VP of the FWAA. That makes me want to not follow him. I've, it's been, no, nothing against the Football Writers Association of America, but I find most people that have that in their bios are not actually uh, writers. Have you noticed that, Rob? I have. Are they like laid-off writers? Well, not that they're laid-off writers. They always work for some site I've never heard of, and it's like I I never joined this. I don't know how to join it. I don't know. I did have one guy who, who was, who was really trolling me via my DMS and was a proud member. And I looked up the president of it and I emailed him. I said, what are you guys doing? Like, what this guy is bragging about how he's a member. You got to close your DMS. Well, he he replied back to me saying that the guy wasn't even a member. (laughs) (laughs) So that was pretty funny. So Matt Fortuna stirs the pot. He works for the athletic, uh, so J- Josh Kendall is the one who started this. Now this is where the controversy begins. Josh Kendall, who is a Christian husband, father, uh, South Carolina beat writer for the state newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina, a paper I have a love hate relationship depending on who's who's calling me for information. He tweets: "This was during the this was during the football press conference. Me to Will Muschamp: How have you addressed voting with your team? Muschamp: No response." Me, no, he, he, like he said nothing. I think he was silent. He didn't say no. was. I
1: saw the video. He just like batted his eyes, like the long eyelash guy meme.
0: <laughs> Me, you know, there's an election today. I wish I had the video. Actually, then if uh, Must Champ, I do now. I'm getting ready for Florida. Okay, so. <sighs> That, that that tweet sort of takes on a life of its own. Some of the some of the replies, coach basically said, "Keep your politics out of my football press conference." I happen to agree with him. And the next person said, "Oh, give me a break! Talking to eighteen to twenty two year olds about participating in our de- democracy is not political." So those are the two those are the two competing sides of this argument right there in the first two responses. So, our boy Matt Fortuna. I mean, this is the first VP of the Football Writers Association of America, not to be messed with. He says, uh, he, he quote tweets it with a quote of his own. It goes a lot further than Saturday afternoons. We're with them Sunday through Friday in the growing process of the future leaders of our country. Will Muschamp, December 7, 2015, in the opening statement of his introductory press conference at the University of South Carolina. Now, we take it one step further. Bucky Brooks, who works for the NFL Network he played in the nfl he's also involved a lot in recruiting i think he works for the nike camps if uh or student sports or something like that he he definitely cites recruiting rankings a lot especially when talking about the nfl draft he retweets it and says just wish that will muschamp and others would keep it real when recruiting players and their parents he doesn't really care about young people beyond their athletic gifts and what they can produce between the lines just say it and quit pretending to be a developer of men So
1: I'm not telling the guy to stop lying in the living room. You got to look out for number one, but just stop lying at press conferences. That's all you got to do. So
0: do you lie to players' parents all you want? Nobody's gonna call (laughs) you out on that. Do you? So you think Will Muschamp definitely? So Chris Clark, who works for our uh, South Carolina site, Gamecock Central, has been fighting this war on Twitter with several people. He's his opinion was that Muschamp was joking. Uh, and that champ's done a lot of other things. You saw the video. Did you feel like he was joking? Do you think he was playing? No, he, kno- fo- he knew there was an election. He
1: didn't talk oh, to okay. the
0: players about the election
1: and he was being a football guy. You know, he was, cause you know, these coaches can never, you know, they've never heard a song or watched a movie or done anything that isn't football. Uh, so he has to, because everybody else does it for whatever reason, he has to pretend that he does, he's a football robot. Uh, and since he didn't address it with his team, that the only thing he could do was act like he didn't know there was an election. Which I don't know. Does it qualify as a joke? I think maybe. Uh, but if he would just drop the the public, you know, I'm a molder of men stuff, and all these coaches
0: would drop it. We wouldn't ride them so hard. About so stuff. here's what I think he should have done. And let's actually, before I give my piece, let's go to let's go to uh, Bruce Feldman, who tweeted this on the same day. This was November 6th. What day did? Uh, excuse me, the day before. And he says, woke up this morning and thought back to this conversation with Washington coach Chris Peterson. Uh, let's see. This was this was uh, Chris Peterson talking. When the election happened, there were guys upset about things. And we went into a team meeting. Okay, do you want to talk about this? Yeah, 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 they said. Okay, raise your hand if you voted. Eight guys raised their hands. Uh and I said, you eight guys that voted, you stay here. Everybody else leave, <laughs> right? <laughs> and says, out of, 8 out of like 100 on your team voted. And Peterson said, there weren't many guys that voted. So why are we even having this conversation? You've got to do something first. That was an awesome educational opportunity. It's like, vote, vote. Don't run out to the streets and, pro- and protest. Or don't just run out to the streets, excuse me. Vote, simple things like that. That's what we're all about. There's not just going to be one person that figures these things out. It's going to take a lot of smart people that can work together and move the needle. So now we don't want to get political uh, on this topic at all. But that is a way that a coach could handle it. And and honestly, what Muschamp should have said was, you know, the the question that puts you in a tough spot as a coach when they say, how are you addressing voting with your team? Okay. Uh, You know, there's an election today. Now, if I was the coach, I would have said yeah that's something we talked about internally. You know, I don't really want to get into the the discussion. I hope my players exercise their right to go vote. And that's that's all you have to say and then it's on to the next, right? We don't then we don't get Bucky Brooks. We don't get because because then you know Bucky gets into an argument with a, a player's mom. Uh, my son plays for him. I don't want him leading my son to vote. We handle that as a family, which is which is. Sort of odd. <laughs> it's I mean, responsibility. And my husband's to teach him civic responsibility and development as a man. Will is his football coach. She's basically saying, but she's she's sort of agreeing with Bucky, saying, don't you know, don't talk about being a leader of men because she says Will is his football coach, and that's basically what Bucky said. Don't don't pretend like you're going to be a, a leader of men if you only care about football. So, it, you know, he was undone by the ability to have to show off other coaches. That's what he was yes. done by. Yeah, he he should have just like I said. Sometimes these coaches they make it too big of a deal when when you deal with the media all the time and you don't t- uh, you, you do it when it's about injuries. You do it about all this stuff you don't want to talk about it. Just do it with do it with other. You <laughs> do know, it with it. I I will offer
1: service to any football coach out there. I will give you a free one month course on how to pretend to be a normal human. I I, I promise I will. And I won't charge you. I'll host it in my living room, and I will just teach you how to how to act like a, a normal human.
0: <laughs> I'd like to text my <laughs> offer. Oh man, what a controversy! I actually tagged you in the tweet when I saw it because I knew it would it would. I saw or- it. I didn't
1: respond publicly because I didn't want people in my mentions yelling about politics
0: um all right so that wraps up uh political corner that's our election coverage for up to the minute results uh, see if we visit, still had yeah. Kruger, he
1: could pipe in the you know the msnbc election night coverage song
0: yeah he uh <laughs> i don't i don't know what nick's up to uh we I spoke to him uh, mostly our interactions involve me sending him uh inappropriate uh jokes <laughs> People, people talking about him. There was a funny, there was a funny Jeopardy clue the other night that I sent him. Which, by the way, I got a lot of run out of Jeopardy. First time I'd watched it in years. Well, and, yeah, the uh, college
1: football names was a was a topic, right? And they had Rocky and Shocky yeah. on there.
0: I should, have, I should have recorded every clue and had him on here to play, but I actually sent one of the clues to uh, a player's parent, and he tweeted it out. He's on Georgia Tech. And today the Georgia Tech official athletic department account tweeted out the video, and I was like, hey, that's my TV in my living room. <laughs> um, so, good thing I got, I got a good shot of it. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, it's time for Tweet of the Week. This one I had several in considerations, so I ended up settling with this one that was from Keandre Jones, who, who by the way, had the, the one about the people getting on the escalator. Keandre, you know, bringing the heat in terms of his tweets. Follow him at uh, Keandre Jones, biblical spelling. Uh, he says, which name is fatter? <laughs> Y'all let me know. And this is a poll. <laughs> Meatball? Big Snack <laughs> or Porterhouse. <laughs> so
1: so we're, we're saying which which name corresponds with the fatter person? Or?
0: Yeah. I think that's it's right definitely
1: right. Meatball. This is a no-brainer.
0: Okay. So Meatball wins at 51%. You're right, Rob. Won the popular vote. Uh, we're still – I don't know if there's recounts going on or provisional ballots or whatever. And he says, uh, the winner, Meatball. And then he tags – he tags a kid on his team. <laughs> I've flexing in the mirror.
1: <laughs> you know what I was just thinking? You know how like sometimes really small people or like really huge ripped people would be nicknamed Tiny ironically? Yes. Wouldn't it be great to have like a tiny little guy named Porterhouse?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Port- so he t- – he- he actually named – this one was a good one because he gave the nickname Porterhouse to Adrian Porter. So I, I do like that one. That makes sense. These are all linemen. And the third one, Big Snack, uh, goes to another kid, and he's got a picture of him eating wings. So Keandre just roasting people on Twitter. Um, that's a, that's, that's a high-quality tweet, don't you think? It really is. It made me laugh. All right. Great job, Keandre. All right. Moving on. Time for rants and recommendations. This one is a hot-button issue. Uh, there's all. <laughs> I, I do have some. I have some pumpkin complaints. What did I put on my notes app? You got any recommendations in the meantime? In the meantime, Ross?
1: no, I haven't taken any other USA Network shows recently, so I'm uh, pretty much all out.
0: Okay, so this one I want to talk to you about because this one you'll have an opinion on. I have noticed a trend lately. Uh, This is not about pumpkins, by the way. Actually, let's get this out of the way. If you have a pumpkin contest at your office. It's a pumpkin carving contest painting a pumpkin is not deck that's not a that's not a skill okay if, if you want to have a pumpkin painting contest carved pumpkins and painted pumpkins should not be in the same contest because it's different skill sets it's stupid let's be let's be like hey we're having a we're having a wood carving contest you know where the guy's got a chainsaw side and he carves like a beaver into a, a wooden a piece of wood yeah and then someone with a Mozart painting goes I win. Well, yeah, of course you're using a paintbrush. I'm using a chainsaw. What are we? What are we doing here? That's Hold that. On, Mozart also painted. Or are we talking about the composer here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mozart. Mozart, <laughs> Mozart and his side is also a painter. Uh, did you get the idea. All right, um, <laughs> moving on. That's gonna be that's gonna get a good laugh uh, from people who listen to this. I'm not gonna hear the end of that one. Uh, number two. People with kids, and I got a lot of things to say to you people. Guess what? This is only the start of my rants about people with kids, so uh, get ready. Now, I've talked about toddler nudes on this podcast. I said no more <laughs> no more toddler nudes. No more toddler nudes. I do not want to see your child's bare butt on my phone, especially if I'm looking at Instagram, Facebook, and in public. So, We've already crusaded. I've been at the to- I've been at the head of the class with ending toddler nudes, but I've got a new trend that's even worse: people posting pictures of their kids and putting an emoji over their face because they don't want their picture on social media. Well, he- here's a thought: if you don't want a picture of your kid on social media, don't put it on social media. Well, you put enough a heart over their face. See, we live in different worlds
1: because you're on the Facebook.com and I am not. I haven't. I've never seen anybody. So hold on. Let me get this straight. This is going to be like a bullet coffee conversation. I have a feeling people are taking pictures of their offspring, where the they're the only people in the frame, and putting them on the internet and then wearing it their face.
0: Yes, like oh hey, I'm holding my child. Here I am at a party, and here's a stupid emoji sticker thing over its face. So what do you think the point of this is then? Like why post the picture at all? What's the motivation? But I don't know. I don't understand. If you don't want the picture of your kid on the internet, then just don't post it. Don't, don't. And this is other people too. I've seen this with other people. Uh, you know, there's a subset of people that, that you and I've you know, pay attention to. They'll, they'll post a picture of someone else's kid. Oh, look, it's my niece. And here's a stupid emoji on her face. Like, th- listen, then don't post the picture at all. This is like when the this is like when the Kardashians had, you know, there was a season I think when one of the kids was young and Kim was like, "Oh, I don't want it to be on camera," but then it's like she's holding the baby and they just don't show it' It shows like the back of its head, like it's Wilson on, uh, on Home Improvement. You know how his face was always cut yeah, off by the back. fence, right? Or something was in his face. Just don't post the pictures. It's so simple. This is a simple solution. If you're that, I personally here's what I think. I think it's people want more attention. They want people to have to come see their kids and they don't want to give all the goods away. This is essentially clickbait. Imagine wanting people to come over to your house.
1: Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. That'd be the worst. Thing. That's I the get odd. anxiety when people call
0: me. showing up at the door. You won't. Hey, you won't believe what this kid's face looks like. Click. Click. The, the best would be if you had to swipe over pictures, visit my website to see pictures of my kid's actual face. Tammy's son uh, was born
1: five years ago, and he won't believe what he looks like
0: now. <laughs> it, you know what they should do? Guess what? Instagram, Facebook. I know you're having a lot of problems. Here I am to solve them for you. Instead of funny emojis, what if there was a filter thing that was like the, you know, they it's called like a blurgle. You know when they like pixelate someone's face who doesn't sign a waiver? Yeah.
1: I'm familiar with the uh, with the technique.
0: Imagine if there was a filter like that on Instagram, whatever you touch someone's face and it turns it into the pixelated thing. But why would anybody need to use it? Rob, this is a major trend among people. I'm telling you, this is not this is not like, hey, Woody Saw one person that did this. This is I'm seeing it everywhere. The people out there will tell you. People are posting pictures of their kids or of their nieces or their nephews or their cousins with stupid emojis like the winking tongue sticking out face. So, okay, then here's the next question. When
1: does this end? Like, what age is it where it's okay, I can show the person's face now? Like, or are you just why don't you blur out your mom's face or your what? dad's face? Oh. I mean, what <laughs> age is it where it's like, okay, now the internet's ready for his face?
0: You wait until he's 18 and has his own account. Yeah, I think do it's a consensus. It <laughs> I think whenever they get their own account, I think I think they're okay to post. So then the point is we're gonna have three year olds with Instagrams. <laughs> We've gone way up the rails. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. This
1: is happening, Rob. Don't don't stick to oh, me. I'm head sure head. it is. I'm not saying it's not. I just you know, not being on the facebook.com is such a blessing.
0: Okay. Well, it's it's gonna you're going to see it now that I've pointed it out to you. So get ready. I'm going to start sending you some examples too via text. So if you've seen this, let us know. Please tell us. Uh, real quick, uh, recommendation. I've been watching The Man in the High Castle season three. The tables have turned. People said, Woody, why are you watching a show about Nazis? Guess what? The critics are finally in, Rob. They're saying, oh, man, no no better time to watch this show than now. So season three is now on Amazon Prime. I recommend watching The Man in the High Castle. Should I tell – we got a little bit of time, Rob. Should I tell my story about uh, the Walmart incident that happened? Oh, excuse me. I guess oh, – it doesn't matter. Walmart was not at fault here, so we can mention the story it was at. Uh, yeah, why not? What else are we doing? Okay. Woody's Wacky Story of the Week. Real quick, Halloween – we had a record number of Halloween trick or treaters this year at my house. It was it was big time, and I made a big mistake. I got the uh, I got Skittles, I got um, these Oreo. You know those? Have you noticed these Oreo like candy bars have started to, to proliferate the, the stores? They're all over now. I have not it used to be a big thing just in Europe. It was like the milk thing. It would be like a candy bar. It's got Oreo in it, like really high quality chocolate. They begin to make it over here to the mainstream. So I bought some of those. Cause I thought, man, kids are going to love chocolate little Oreo, uh, bars. I and only handed out copies of the constitution and told the kids to go vote. No, uh, I only, I only gave people, I only gave candy to, to people dressed like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, so, so so anyway uh I got that and then I got some do you know what muddy buddies are you cut out there what buddies muddy buddies
1: no it sounds like some kind of variation on on a smore
0: no it's like a checks mix situation right they take checks oh no I'm familiar and then it's like chocolatey. yeah with peanut butter inside yeah so yeah yeah' pack it to those so I was like, oh man kids will love these. Guess what? Kids were like, checks? Gross. <laughs> Nobody would take any of them. And they didn't want to take the other thing either because tr- kids are so trained now about peanut allergies and, oh, this kid's allergic to dairy. They only took the Skittles. Nobody wanted even chocolate anymore. So this is what Dan Mullen's talking about. Anyway, I, I go I, to the Just book. hand out books, paperback books. Yeah, next next year it's Constitutions all around and raisins. Remember when you used to get raisins or like a toothbrush? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I go, I go to the store last minute to buy said candies. I've decided, Hey, you know what? I'm pick up some other things. Oh, Rob, it's Halloween. All the pumpkin spice flavored cereals are on clearance. Let me, uh, snag a couple of these bad boys. <laughs> I got, uh, frosted mini wheats, pumpkin spice and frosted flakes, pumpkin spice. So high quality, as basic as it gets. Now each of these had a coupon on them. Buy two boxes of cereal, get $2 off of milk or produce. I go, I buy some bananas, I buy some milk, go up to the counter to pay. And this is where we start to go downhill. Now, there are several stories in my background, especially when I was poor, of people not taking my coupons and me losing my mind. Have you heard them? You've heard them, haven't you? I have, yes. Uh, We're talking throwing the taco in the lady's face. We're talking throwing a Subway sandwich against the thing and breaking the board behind the counter. All types of issues like that, right? Buying something and then slamming it on the ground right in front of the people because I wouldn't take the coupon. I've moved on from that. I we all I guess what? I've matured, clearly. As anyone who listens to this podcast knows. <laughs> so to take the coupon. Well the line's backing up. She says, It's not working. Oh, let's get the manager over here. Now keep in mind these are people working and they're also in Halloween costumes. <laughs> so <laughs> one's wearing like six inch heels i'm not sure what her costume was but she had like she she definitely had some type of costume on and they're sitting here trying to figure out and they say look it won't work well we can't figure out why it won't work if we finish out the transaction it'll say why and then maybe we go to customer service you get the two dollars i said oh, that's not a big of a deal and this lady t- two people back uh, so they 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 start to finish it off. The lady, two people back, who was buying some some candy in a, a bin herself, goes goes. I'll just give you the two dollar. I'll just give. Oh, I'll give him the two dollars. She wasn't talking to me directly. She says this to the cashier, and the cashier and the manager both look at this lady. Now keep in mind, we live in the Atlanta in the perimeter here. The two the two cashiers look at this lady like this woman did not just say this right. <laughs> they. So this is not like hey Woody, you're a lunatic and you're being offended. These women were like, Oh no. Uh and I had not gotten short with them or anything. I was just I was not being terse with them. And one of them says, Ma'am, we're just trying to get it figured out. And she goes, No, it's Halloween. If it's that big of a deal, here, I'll give you two dollars. And I go I go, excuse me? <laughs> she's like, she's like, here, I'll I'll give you the two dollars. And of course, Rob, you know what happened next. I said, you know, I'll sell it I don't need your bleeping money. <laughs> uh, get, then I you say to the ladies, give me my bleeping receipt. And I tell the lady, uh, I call. I might have called the lady <laughs> some more names. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going not
1: your story. I'm just staying on mute because the, the gardening people in the complex are running what sounds like a weed eater right outside my window right now.
0: Right. Well, you've heard the story already, Uh, and I called Nick to tell him as well. But anyway, needless to say, this lady thought she was going to be so smooth. She thought she was going to be like, oh, I'm going to show this guy uh, who's holding up the line because of his coupon, and I'm going to throw $2 at him like the peasant that he is. And uh, my guess would be she'll be telling the story of what I had to say to her uh, for a long time, and so will every other person in line (laughs) and the people who work at the cash register – as my dad used to say, "You mess with the bull, you get the horns," and she got the horns big time. Happy Halloween, lady! How Take old was beauty. this woman? Mm, Thirty-five to forty-five. All right, that's good then. I was so, I was picturing her as elderly for some reason. No, she was real. She was real. She. Th- oh, if you need two dollars, here's two dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, would have let her have it too. I'm not insane like you, but I probably would have let her have it. Yeah, you would have lost it. You would have the, the the tone in her voice. So dismissive. Two people back. No, And I apologized to the lady behind me in line. Hey, sorry. Like I was being contrite. But she's like, it's Halloween already. It's $2. And I was like, sorry, lady. What
1: what are these people doing? Is there a beanstalk outside my window? What could they possibly be weed eating at? Can you hear that? It's still going on.
0: It might be the leaf blower.
1: It's a leaf blower. No, it's not a leaf blower. That's a weed eater. I know the difference. I need you over here to go scream at these people and call them names.
0: Oh, yeah. Guess what? I've been known to come out scantily clad and uh, give people the business for making too much noise early in the morning. That wraps it up for us. We want to remind people, leave us a review. We are now to 102 ratings on iTunes, five stars. We enjoy your feedback, though. So say something funny on there. We'll read it on the show. We'll give you a shout out. We've got, we've got Where listeners. House we, is <laughs> <shaking>? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening, Rob, but, uh, we, we've now got listeners, uh, soliciting to host the podcast, uh, what a- <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't uh, hear you. <laughs> uh, all right. Meet your microphone. Let me wrap up the show. That uh, that does it for us. We will be back with another episode, hopefully, on Sunday. I will be taking an extended podcast hiatus over the next month. You may not hear me again. This may be the last episode you hear me. I'm not leaving like Nick. I will be back in December, uh, and I may pop back in between. Episodes. What is it going to be, me and Lackford? Yeah, it'll be you and Lackford. It'll be you and a rotating cast of characters. I'll probably come on. I mean, what else do I got to do? But I will be taking leave from work. Uh, for uh, three to four weeks so that'll give me a chance to uh go insane over here you want to talk about <laughs> yelling at people i'm gonna be out of my yard shaking my fist at people left and right i so, mean do uh, these
1: people know that everybody hosts a podcast these days i mean who are you if you don't have a podcast about the, the walking Dead or whatever
0: oh boy yeah we could talk we could talk about the walking Dead. we've got a major time jump we recently i quit in season two man i It's not good. It's a bad show. But uh, I still watch it while I'm working. It's a watch while working show. So that that wraps it up for us. To our boy, M. Deuce, uh, go ahead. Play us out. We'll be back with a new episode next week.